Bible's book of John, John chapter 4, John chapter 4, may I say it is great to be home. Nothing like coming home to Bible Baptist Church, amen, and uh, I'm telling you, God's been doing some, uh, some incredible things, uh, not only in our ministry, but also in our family, and I praise the Lord for it. Um, uh, basically, uh, some of the most exciting things, Logan and I just got back with Brother Chris Hewitt uh, from Papua New Guinea. And going anywhere with Chris Hewitt, it's always an adventure, amen. Uh, but going to Papua New Guinea was one for the record books. And uh, I will say it was definitely an amazing thing. And uh, I got to be here when Chris preached and everything. And he talked about that angry mob. Yes, I was the guy that brought the angry mob to Brother Chris, amen. And, uh, but what he didn't tell you, uh, the reason for me bringing that angry mob was because my body was shutting down and I was... I don't know if they said I was washing out is what it's called. Basically, I was going to pass out from the heat and uh, from a drinking. I, I didn't know this, but if you drink too much water, it can be just as dangerous as drinking no water at all. And, uh, and I praise the Lord for what he did there in Papua New Guinea. Um, I think Brother Chris said there was over 117 plus people that trusted Christ. Amen. We give the Lord the glory for that. And we saw about 18 young, young people surrender their lives uh, either to missions or to the ministry or to preaching. And uh, one of which was my son, Logan. Logan surrendered to become a missionary there to Papua New Guinea. And I praise the Lord for that. And we saw the Lord provide every penny to go on that trip. And then um, on top of that, while we were planning to prepare to go to Papua New Guinea, um, Luke uh, uh, also expressed, he said, Dad, I... I've been praying for Europe, and, and a trip came up uh, with Brother Dwayne Moore. And what's interesting about, about Brother Dwayne is Brother Dwayne Moore is the, the very individual that introduced Kelly to me. And that's how we met. We met on a mission trip. So if you're looking for love, you ought to go on a mission trip. Amen? And you might just find one. And, uh, but I praise the Lord for it. We, we found it very interesting uh, that Brother Dwayne had a trip coming up. Uh, to, to an incredible place uh, to England, and uh, Luke told me, he said, Dad, I, I've been praying for England for a while, and uh, Dad, I'd really like to go on this trip, and we praise the Lord, the Lord's been providing even the funds to go on that trip, and, and so we're excited about that, and, uh, and Luke's going to be taking off in December, um, but this week, as soon as we're done preaching here, and we get a few things taken care of, this week, my family uh, will pack up the RV, and we're heading to the southwest. And we're going out there to visit all of our missionaries. And, uh, and so we're going to be starting in Louisiana. And we'll be working our way all the way to Utah. And uh, so please pray for us. We will be gone for almost a month and a half. We'll get back probably closer to the end of September. And, uh, and so we desperately need your prayer. I want to be like Barnabas. I want to go out there and encourage the men of God, encourage their families. Because can I tell you something? Out west, longevity is crucial and so we want to see them stay on the field. And many of them, uh, are, even, though they're, uh, even though they're serving here in the United States, many of them are facing adversity, uh, different health issues, and, and there's a lot of trials and tribulations that they're going through. And so we want to go out there and be a blessing to them. And uh, we're very excited also to get to Utah. One of our newest missionaries, Brother Ricky Howard, he's already planted a church. And we're going to be with him for, for a little while out there and, and encourage them and see the work that they're doing. And then one of my, 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 I guess you could say one of the things I'm really looking forward to as well is being in the state of, of New Mexico with Brother Chris Rogers, and I'll be preaching a missions conference with Brother Todd Bell, 
who's one of my favorite preachers, amen. And to be able to do that is, is going to be a great privilege and an honor. So I ask that you pray for me. Uh, I'm nervous tonight. I'm also nervous about preaching in these other churches. And, uh, and I just want to be a blessing to them, amen. Oh, here in, in the book of John, John chapter 4, will you look with me here in verse 35? The Bible says, Say not ye, there are yet four months, and then cometh harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they are white already to harvest. And he that reapeth receiveth wages, and gathereth fruit unto life eternal, that both he that soweth and he that reapeth may rejoice together. I want your attention upon the end of verse 35, for the Bible says, for they are white already to harvest. I want to preach on this thought tonight. The harvest is waiting, is ready. What about you? The harvest is ready. What about you? Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Lord, I love you. I thank you, Lord, for this day. God, I beg you now, give me clarity of speech and of mind. I pray, Lord, may you help me, dear Lord, to preach the very things, Lord, that you put upon my heart tonight. I pray, dear God, may you challenge us from the Word of God. And, Lord, without you, I am nothing. And so, Lord, I, I beg you tonight, fill me with the Spirit of God. Use this message, dear Lord, to break our hearts for the souls of men. Open our eyes and give us a greater vision for a lost and dying world. And, Lord, through it all, Lord, we'll give you the praise, the honor, and the glory. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Spending 13 years in Montana... I've seen a lot of wheat fields. I have. In fact, Montana is the third largest producer in the United States of wheat. And I will tell you, I, I, have, I have driven up to wheat fields before. And listen, those fields were so far as far as the eye could see. And when harvest time comes, the combines, they run them things 24-7. Non-stop. Non-stop. Listen, when it comes time to harvest time, those workers, they, it's not a time to take a break. It's not a time to relax. No, they go to work. And can I tell you something? The Lord Jesus Christ was telling the disciples to lift up your eyes. He said, behold, the fields are white already to harvest. The, listen, the harvest is ready. What about you? Number one, I want you to see your focus. He says, lift up your eyes. What is your focus on tonight? Listen, hey, listen, there's a lot of things that this world offers us, and they're not bad things. They can be great things. Listen, I love hunting, but I shouldn't make hunting my focus. I love to fish, but I shouldn't make fishing my focus. I love driving. I better for what I'm about to do, amen. But it's not my focus. I love sports. Listen, going to camp with all these young people at Victory Camp and everything. It was a lot of fun, and, and I love playing sports, and I can't play them like I used to anymore. But it's not my focus. What is your focus tonight? One preacher said this, if you really want to know the focus of individuals, just look at their checkbook. I'll tell you real quick. Basically, you can do this. Put your money where your mouth is. Hey, man. What is your focus is it on the ministry? Is it on reaching people with the gospel? Or is it upon the things of the world? I want you to understand something tonight. Listen, your focus, well, to wake up because the Savior is coming soon. How many of y'all, listen, how many of y'all are waiting to hear that trumpet sound? Amen. Boy, I'm looking forward to that. As I think about that, I think about Romans 13, 11, and that knowing the time that now is high time to awake out of sleep, for now is our salvation nearer than we believe. Can I tell you something? He's coming soon, and we better wake up. Amen. We better wake up. Amen. Time is of the essence. 
Revelation 22 and verse 20. Uh, John the Revelator, he said, He which testifieth these things saith, Surely I come quickly, amen, even so come Lord Jesus. Boy, I, I, listen, we ought to wake up. The Savior's coming soon. Looking into the author and the finisher of our faith. Your focus. Witness for souls are perishing. Proverbs 29 verse 18 says, Where there is no vision, the people perish. And you say, Brother Sarge, what happens to them? The Bible says in Luke chapter 16, and the Bible says, And in hell he lifted up his eyes, being in torments. And you could be even be here tonight, and you're lost, and you've never trusted Christ as your Savior. Can I tell you something? The Bible says today is the day of salvation. Amen. You're not promised of tomorrow. And I think about here in Luke chapter 16 and verse 28, the rich man, uh, uh, literally he's begging, begging for someone to go and reach his family with the gospel. Why? He said, for I have five brethren. That they may testify to them lest they also come to this place of torment. If you're here tonight and you're lost, can I tell you something? The, Isaiah the prophet said in, in Isaiah 14, 9, Hell from beneath is moved for thee to meet thee at thy coming. Hell waits for you, friend. And may I say this tonight, even for all of us that have lost loved ones and lost family members and co-workers and, and neighbors that are lost, hey, hell is literally moving from beneath, ready to meet them. Who's going to reach them with the gospel? Where's your focus at tonight? Where's your focus at tonight? Boy, can I tell you something? Listen, not only should we wake up for the Savior's coming, witness for souls are perishing, but watch for divine situations. You say, Brother Sarge, what are you talking about? Even here in our text, the Bible says here in, right here in verse, in verse 4, the Bible says he must needs go through Samaria. The Bible says in verse 7, there cometh the woman of Samaria to draw water. The Lord saw a divine situation. And can I tell you something? There are people all over this country and all over the world that desperately needs to hear from you and hear the gospel. Divine situations. Time and time again, listen, you're going to come in contact with people all the time. Each and every one of us attracts certain people. It's amazing. Mine is law enforcement. I was a law enforcement chaplain. I run into police officers all the time, I told my wife, I said, I need to make a track just to give to law enforcement. And one day I ran into three. Praise the Lord, they weren't looking for me. Amen. I found them. But divine situations, look for those and reach those people with the gospel. Charles Spurgeon said this, the spirit of Christ is the spirit of missions. The nearer we get to him, the more intensely missionary we become. Soul winning is not a method, it's a command. It's a command. Are we following that command tonight? What has your attention? What consumes you? What is your focus on? Number two, your fields. The Bible says here in verse 35, Lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they're white already to harvest. God has a special place for you. Even as it was for Him, the Bible says, He must needs... Go through Samaria. Where's your Samaria tonight? I will tell you, Samaria was a filthy place. It, it, it did not have clean water flowing through it like Jerusalem. They, they had a well, but even the Jews wouldn't even consider the pot of the woman that she drew the water out. They, they considered it unclean. They wouldn't even touch it. And yet our Lord Jesus Christ said, will you give me a drink? He was willing to go where she was. You know what, I, I, I promise you, probably somewhere in your neighborhood, you, you might find some, some, listen, 
and I, I, I'm going to be very careful how I say this. You might find some piece of junk of a house, car up on blocks, and beer cans everywhere, and you go, I'm not going near that house. Can I tell you something? There's a lost family in that house. Your field might be right behind your house. Amen. You say, Brother Sarnes, they got big dogs. Listen, we'll give you a trophy if you get bit. Amen. But somebody's got to reach them with the gospel. Would you be, listen, is that your Samaria tonight? You say, well, Brother Sarnes, what would happen? Listen, hey, you win them to Christ, don't worry about the beer cans. That yard will get clean real quick. Amen. Now, I can't promise you about the car up on blocks. That may still stay there for a while. But listen, hey, they'll they'll trust Christ. Nothing's greater than winning people to Christ. I've asked Americans, I said, hey, if there was ever a country you would hate, which country would it be? You know what they tell me? China. China. They talk about those communistic dogs. That's what they call them. I've heard Americans say that. I wonder tonight. Who would be willing to go and reach the Chinese right here in the United States? We'll go eat at their all-you-can-eat buffets. We won't complain about that. But God help us if we begin to talk about the country that they're originally from. You say, Brother Saunders, but but, but I don't don't know. Why? Why not? 5.2 million Chinese people live right here in our country. And I wonder if we led one of them to the Lord, if they would become the next Hudson Taylor. And they'd go back to China and win all of them to Christ. The problem is no one's willing to go to the Samaria to win them. What about the Muslims? I wonder how many times you run into Walmart and you see somebody, it's a lady and all you see is this much of her, that's it. I'll never forget the time we were in Walmart. We were walking down one particular aisle. Leah was a little girl at that time. She ran around the corner, and there were two Muslim ladies there. And I watched Leah. Leah wasn't even paying attention. She walked in there, and she looked up, and she saw that lady. And boy, she she was just running as fast as she could. And we laugh at that tonight, but I wonder how many of us have done the exact same thing when we saw them. All we think about is 9-11. What we, what, we are, what we are earnestly forgetting tonight is the fact that they are lost souls that desperately need to hear the gospel. You're Samaria. I, I will tell you, listen, God has a place for you. Are you doing what God has called you to do? Are you reaching your highest potential for Christ? The harvest is ready. But what about you? The harvest is ready, but what about you? Are you you mentally, spiritually, physically preparing yourself to reach others with the gospel? Listen, hey, it's not enough just to come to Bible Baptist Church. Now listen, I I love old-time worship. Because if I didn't, I wouldn't want to be here. But I love this place. I love the spirit of worship here. I love the preaching of God's Word. I like it when it gets on. But can I tell you something? As much as we enjoy it here, there's a lot out there that don't have a clue what we're experiencing. And how selfish would we be if we kept it all to ourselves? Now I wonder who here tonight would be willing to go and tell somebody the gospel. The harvest, the Bible says, is already wide. It's ready for the picking. 
But someone's going to have to say, Lord, here am I. Send me. Lord, I'll go. I'll go across the street. I truly believe that there's some people right here at Bible Baptist Church. You've never crossed the street to your neighbors. You never one time told them. How sad would it be at the great white throne judgment when they stand before God and they're about to be plunged into the lake of fire. How sad would it be if they looked at some of you and said, we've been neighbors all these years and you never one time told me? You went to Bible Baptist Church where they preached the word of God day in and day out and you never one time told me? You never gave me a track? We went to school together and you never told me the gospel why? Why would you keep it to yourself? And all of a sudden you hear those dreadful words, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. I never knew you angels cast from the lake of fire which is prepared for the devil and his angels. Stand up loose to say this, either you're going across the streets or you're going across the seas. And I wonder who here tonight, listen, hey, the harvest is ready, but you're not. And the harvest, your harvest, your place, is across the seas. Oh, listen unto God that you would say, Lord, here am I. Lord, I'll do whatever it takes. God, I'm willing to go wherever you'll send me. God, I'm ready. I know the harvest is waiting. Lord, I'll do whatever it takes to go there and reach them with the gospel. Not only does God have a place for you, God's got a people for you. There cometh a woman of Samaria. Nobody liked the Samaritans. They were a hated people both by the Jews and the Gentiles. They were called, they were considered half-breeds according to the Jews. They were outcasts, rejects of society. There's a place for you. There's a people for you. There's a present you're to deliver. The Bible says here in verse 10. Notice what the Bible says. Jesus answered and said to her, If thou knewest the gift of God. Now listen, pastor, I, I, I thought for sure pastor was going to get exactly on one of the subjects that I love talking about as well. He talked about Christmas and the 17 trees, amen. Can I tell you something? I love Christmas. I was born in the month of December. I like it all. I like the trees. I like the bells. I like the gifts. I like the wrapping paper. I, I want to watch White Christmas a thousand times, amen. I'm preaching good tonight. If you don't like that, there's the door, amen. I like it all. But the gifts... A gift is an incredible thing. I mean, you boys like gifts, right? Yeah. Have you ever gotten a knife for Christmas? You've gotten a knife for Christmas? So, <clears throat> when your parents gave you the knife, did they look at you and go, 20 bucks? Come on, cough it up. They didn't, did they? Because you want to know why? They gave you that gift out of love, didn't they? And you know what? The gift of God, salvation, it's a gift. It's a gift. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 8 through 9. For by grace are you saved through faith. And that not of yourselves. It's the gift of God. Not of works lest any man should boast. It's a gift. And it's a gift that we're to take to all the world. The gift will never get there if it's not getting there on time. And the Bible says this in, in Proverbs 25 and verse 25. As cold waters to a thirsty soul, so is good news from a far country. Can I tell you something tonight? There's a, oh boy, there's a far country mm, that some of our loved ones have already gone on. Amen. Oh yeah. 
Boy, we talk about that beautiful place, those streets of gold, amen, that clear crystal sea. Boy, I'll never forget my father-in-law when he was dying, amen. I, he and I, we talked about it long before. About He told me, he said, how much trouble would I get into if I was to cast a line underneath the throne of God? You know there's got to be some big fish under there, amen. That's what he used to tell me. We used to joke around about it. He said, where is he now? He's already there. Those streets of gold. Heaven's a wonderful place, but I don't want to go there by myself. I don't want to go there by myself. It's a gift. It's time to take that gift to someone either you've loved for years or someone you've never met before. But I wonder who here tonight's willing to go. The harvest is ready. What about you? Last of all, I want to close with this, your fruit. The Bible says this in verse 35, Say not ye, there is yet four months, and then cometh harvest. Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they're white, all ready to harvest. And he that reapeth receiveth wages and gathereth fruit unto life eternal. Both he that soweth and he that reapeth may rejoice together. There was a, listen, there was a great moment when Christ sat there on that well, and here came this woman. He said, give me to drink. There was a moment. Then there was a message in verse 14. He said this, But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst, but the water that I shall give him shall be unto him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. And then there was the miracle that took place. This lady trusted Christ as her Savior. The Bible says in verse 28, And the woman left her water pot and went her way into the city, and saith unto the men, Come, see a man which told me all things that I ever did. Is not this the Christ? Is not this the Christ? And they went out of the city and came unto him. In the meanwhile, his disciples prayed him, saying, Master, eat. But he said unto them, I have meat to eat that ye know not of. Therefore said the disciples one to another, Hath any man brought him aught to eat? And Jesus saith unto them, My meat is to do the will of him that sent me to finish his work. The fruit. Can I ask you a question? Are you bearing forth good fruit? It's, it's very simple. Just do a self-examination. I mean, I know what it's like to plant a garden. Pastor and I talked about it today. I know what it's like to have fruit trees. It's no good if you're not bearing forth fruit. You go out there and you examine that tree. We used to have two apple trees. I know it's like to make, I love, I love chunky applesauce. I love apple cider. We, we, we pressed it all. We canned it all. We did it all. But it's because those apple trees bared forth good fruit. And a lot of the churches that the missionaries that are out of Bible Baptist Church, Brother Caleb Hewitt's here tonight, he's one of our missionaries of Macedonia. A lot of us, when we're preaching in churches, can I tell you something? Most of the time we find cobwebs hanging down. and It smells like death in those churches. You want to know why? Because there's no life. There's no life. You say, Brother Saunders, how does that happen? I'll tell you how it happens. They lost focus. They weren't looking on the fields. They're not bearing forth fruit. I think it's shock and amaze you how many of our fundamental independent Baptists that come to our churches have never led someone personally to Christ. And you may be here tonight, and you've never led anyone to Christ before. I'm going to say this as respectfully as I can. Shame on you. 
It's getting quiet in here now. I'll tell you why. You're not bearing forth fruit. But Brother Saunders, I don't know how. You want to see preacher get the closest thing to being Pentecostal and get happy in Jesus real quick and still not speak in tongues? Walk up to him and say, Preacher, teach me how to lead others to Christ. I promise you, he'll get excited real quick. Oh, yes. He'll get excited real quick. Why? That's the whole purpose of us of being here. You want to see a church grow by leaps and bounds? It's pretty simple. You go out and find someone who's lost. Lead them to Jesus. Bring them here. Disciple them. Teach them how to lead others to Christ. And they will go out and do the exact same thing. That's fruit bearing. Are you bearing fruit? Are you bearing fruit? Listen, there, there is a moment, there, there, there is the message, and the message is that Jesus Christ still saves sinners. She said, is this not the Christ? She even said this, God is a spirit, and they that worship him. And he said this, God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. And the woman saith unto him, I know that the Messiah cometh, which is called Christ. When he is come, he will tell us all things. And Jesus said unto her, I that speak unto thee am he. She saw the Savior face to face. I will tell you, there will come a day that the lost will see the Savior face to face, but He'll no longer be the Savior. He will be the judge. There is a mistake. The Bible says here, I want you to see here in verse 31. Actually, I'm sorry, in verse, in verse 8. For His disciples were gone away. There's a danger. The disciples were gone away. I wonder how many of us find ourselves going away to do something else than what's really important. Now listen, I know churches have visitation programs and everything, and preacher, I just don't have time. We have all these door hangers. We want to hang them on all the doors. Well, I just wish I had the time. But, you know, I've got other things I've got to do. The disciples... You know what the mistake they made? They had one thing on the brain, food. The Bible says this. It says, and the disciples were gone away unto the city to buy meat. The distraction was there. Look in verse 31. And then in the meanwhile, his disciples praying, saying, Master, eat. They were distracted. Here the Lord Jesus Christ, he sees this woman. She comes and he begins to preach to her. And she is under conviction. And she's trusting Christ as her Savior. And then she's ready to go out. And they're like, Master, you need to eat. And he's like, whoa, whoa, wait. Look. Wake up. See the reality. Souls are perishing. They were distracted. There's the danger. The Bible says, and in the meanwhile, it's telling this whole story. And then all of a sudden there's a pause in the meanwhile, the disciples. But would you be considered there right now? Then there's the deception. Notice here in verse 35. Say not ye, there are yet four months, and then cometh harvest. So, Brother Sarnes, what does that mean? Here it is. I've got plenty of time. I've got plenty of time to witness to my loved ones. I've got plenty of time to go witness to my neighbors. I've got all the time in the world. Sorry. Time is ticking away. And while we are worshiping the Lord and having a grand old time here at Bible Baptist Church, one by one, souls are slipping out to eternity, not just once here and there, 
No, they're slipping out by the thousands. By the thousands. The harvest is ready. They're ready. They're ready to hear the gospel. They're ready to be led to Christ. The question is, are you ready? Are you ready to take them the glorious gospel? Every head bowed, every eye closed. You may be here tonight. You say, Brother Nathan, I'll be honest with you. I should be doing so much more for the cause of Christ. I've taken it for granted. I've let time slip away. And I wonder how many of us tonight would be honest and just say, Brother Nathan, I've, I've wasted a lot of time. I've wasted a lot of years of my life when I should have given them to the Lord. When I should have taken that same time and tried to reach others. Brother Nathan, I've been guilty of that. Would you slip your hand up right back down? God bless you. I see those hands. Now, I will not, I will not ask you to raise your hand for this question. But I wonder who here tonight's never led someone to the Lord before. Listen, if you don't know how, I understand. Let us teach you. But if you've known how to lead someone to Christ for years and you've never taken the opportunity. Oh, listen, my friend. There is a judgment coming for you and I as well. It's called the judgment seat of Christ. And I don't want you to stand there embarrassed. Oh, listen, if anything, you ought to come to the altar and say, God, Lord, help me to reach others with the gospel. Time is of the essence. You and I stand between those souls and hell. The harvest is ready. But what about you? I'm going to ask pastor if he'll come and carry out the invitation. Many are already in the altar right now. If you need to come, come. If you're lost, come and get saved. Maybe God's calling you to the mission field. Boy, it'd be a good night to surrender. Maybe God's burdened you for somebody that's lost. Boy, tonight would be a good night to fall on the altar and say, God, give me the courage to go and reach him with the gospel.